Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast and today we begin a wonderful endeavor we are beginning our top 100 favorite movies ever now we are coming with two separate lists mine colton robertson's and my friend joseph george what's up buddy oh what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it's always a pleasure to have you so as always with our top 100s we have two separate lists, my top 100 and Joe's top 100. And mm-hmm. we've done this with Star Wars characters a couple of times now. We've done this with comic book characters. This is the first time we're doing it with movies. And I'm so excited that we're doing it with movies. I've been building this list for months in anticipation of this project to the point where it got to 200 movies. And now I have to whittle it down to half that, which is a pain and it hurts to see them go. But there can only be 100. now. Like I said, favorites. This is not based on what we think are the top 100 best movies of all time. That is not the case. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm equipped to be able to tell you what I think the best 100 movies of all time are. I know for a fact I can tell you 100 movies that I love watching, though. Yeah. You know, and uh, this list changes daily. I've been I've been editing this for months Every week, just moving shit around. But since we are beginning this project, it is the 100 for the next few weeks that I'm going to stick to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a highly revisitable topic because, like I said, I have 200 movies that on any given day might find their way up in there. Um, yeah. I think that's the very nature of this list is does even a real top 100 movies of all time list even exist? Really? Is, because it's it's all subjective. Yeah, you it's know? wildly different for everybody. So there is no objectivity. So there's no reason to approach it with objectivity. You know, like we should we should embrace what we enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have anyone tell me that I'm wrong for it because I'm exactly. not. I yeah. like these movies. You can't tell me I don't like these movies. So we're going to talk about these movies, and that's how it's going to go. We are going to uh, do this in ten parts. We got 10 parts coming your way for each set of 10 from uh, we're going to do 100 through 90 here next. uh, Also today, we're doing the first two parts, 90s and 80s, then the 70s and 60s next week. And then for five weeks after that, the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, teens and top 10. So I think that's actually six weeks. Uh, But several weeks here where we're going to be taking you through our top 100 favorite movies. And I'm so excited for it because. I I just love so many of these movies, man. So I'm I'm so ready to talk about them. But uh Yeah, we got it it was hard to it was hard to leave some out. Do you want to start with some honorable mentions? The ones that okay. fell right outside the cusp. They were yeah. right there, but they didn't quite get there. And some for me were just I haven't actually seen them yet, but I had them in my like I it was weird. Like like the Lord of the Rings. 
I know if I actually watched that movie, it would be in my list of top 100. I I just have to assume, mm. but I haven't seen it, so it's not in there. Um, and a lot of like movies in the 52 year journey through film, um, like that just didn't make it. Um, like even I don't know, Goodfellas. Like it's I, I, a lot of people love that movie, just didn't didn't make my list. It was it was close. Ooh. Yeah, I know. And then like okay. Breakfast Club. I'm so excited for the American Graffiti. Here. Yeah, th- I mean, there's like even like I I was debating it is in here. Godfather is in mine, but I was like I don't know. Like for mm-hmm. me personally, like I don't know if the Godfather's actually in my top. And then I'm like, okay, no, let me. And that's the beauty of this list, okay. man. That's the beauty of this list. Uh, the Breakfast Club also didn't quite find its way into my top 100. It's one of those movies that for probably my entire high school experience I regarded as my favorite movie of all time. And as mm-hmm. I get older, and the more that movie ages. Um, I just, I, I, I like it less and less as time passes, which is kind of bizarre. It's such an interesting relationship to art. The like older you get, the more things become refined. And, you know, there's a few things in that movie that, you know, they just haven't, haven't aged particularly well. So yeah, stuff like that, you know, there, there comes a line where no matter how much you enjoy a movie, you start to realize it's false, and The Breakfast Club was one of those for me. It doesn't quite fall in my top 100. A few of the ones that I left out, also, Dunkirk. Love Dunkirk, but wow. Dunkirk okay. did not quite make the 100. It's at 103, so Dang. it is like, it was right there. Uh, wow. uh, the Irishman, Martin Scorsese, Bob De Niro. I love that movie, um, and that's the thing. I love every single movie on this list. It didn't get added to this list for me to edit unless I absolutely adore the movie. So like yeah. my, uh, Emily, one a movie we saw earlier this year called Joyride, which is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Very instantly. Um, it finds itself at about 150 on this list. Wow. And Emily was like, so what, like, so you didn't like it? And I'm like, no, there's at least 300 yeah. other movies I've watched that didn't make this list. You know, like it's, it, yeah, it's, not, an, it's notable. Not a single movie on the list that I'm like, ah, well, I just had to slide this one in here to get to a hundred. No, it's like, no, I no. mean, all of them, like my first 10, I will preface, they are very early childhood movies for me. And I, mm. I kind of wanted to start that way as, as like, these are movies that i just watched over and over and over as a kid and they like legitimately i don't know like kind of some of them like shaped my life like i mean like decisions i made like as a kid like small decisions but like i don't know like i like a lot of these movies i just i watched over and over for that reason i don't know i was just obsessed with them as a kid either i'd watch them with my siblings or my parents or something like that but but uh i don't know that's that's kind of my my first 10 i kind of had a little fun a trip down memory lane um right. for my first 10 i like um, that i've got those kind of spliced in here mm-hmm. every every once in a while i let one get through that's just like that holds a special place in my heart you know mm-hmm. um few more didn't quite make it a notable superhero movies uh avengers endgame not on my top 100 ah, um okay uh, that is not on my top 100 one uh, super, uh superhero movie that i love that like i really wanted in here but I couldn't justify putting it above anything else is actually birds of prey. Uh, the fantabulous emancipation of Mm -hmm. one Harley Quinn. I love that movie. I can, I can watch it infinitely, but there's a hundred other movies that at least that I think I'd watch sooner. So like, uh, it's just a bizarre, it's a bizarre, uh, choice to make. I don't have any Rocky movies. I Mm. love the Rocky movies. I don't have any Mm -hmm. evil dead movies. I have one John wick movie. 
Mm-hmm. I love John Wick, and I only have one John Wick movie. Uh, yeah. So, like, uh, the 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 limiting that you have to do here is it's it's incredibly difficult. But if you would like to take us into the project, we can start with your 100. All right. And I'm starting. I noticed uh, quite the theme is that a lot of these movies have to deal with space. Um, mm. And I didn't I didn't mean for that. But then I'm like, I'm like kind of looking through and I'm like, man, every episode, there's at least one that deals with space for me. Um, but me, uh, it's directed by John Favreau called Zathura, a space. Oh. Um and this I don't know, I like this is I think the movie that got me like obsessed with space. Right. And I like I remember watching it over and over because I mean it's about two like two brothers. They Josh have this, Hutcherson. Yeah, and, yeah, Josh yeah, Hutcherson okay. and and Jonah Bobo um are are the two brothers. We have Andy Dufresne is the dad, uh, Tim, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Um yeah he's the dad. Kristen Stewart is even in here as as like the older sister that doesn't believe Damn. in it at first and everything. So yeah, like um direct I didn't know it was directed by John Favreau until just now. Um, yeah, there you go. Pretty cool. But it came out in 2005. Um that's a common year for a lot of a lot of this uh, it's early 2000. Big, yeah, uh, big year there. But I, I don't know, I just love the you know like as a kid I always um thought that like there's something that unlocks whenever you reach like 16 or 18 that we just don't know yet. Like, I don't know, maybe like there's some secret about the world or there's something, I don't know, crazy going on. And like movies like this where like two kids get to figure out something that the rest of the world doesn't believe in. Like it's this video game or this board game that literally like transports them into space and a bunch of weird stuff just starts happening. And then, mm. like, their sister doesn't believe in it at first. Their dad's like, oh, he's just gone for a lot of it. But like, It's like Space Jumanji. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. And and obviously, like, you know, my house never got teleported into space, you know, as a kid. But, like, w- just playing with my brother, like, random random games we played, like, our imaginations just ran wild. And we would, I don't know. It's like we, we believed in that. And that's just, like, what we did as a kid. Mm. Uh, and this is, I don't know, I just... I like space and I like I like movies where like kids get thrown into this crazy they get like headline yeah, shit. Yeah. Um and uh I don't know, it just made me feel really good as a kid. Ah uh, man, big one for me in that like that vein. I'd be interested to see if you have this. I I if you do, I'd I'd be astonished. You've never ever mentioned it to me. But um mm-hmm. uh Dr. Seuss's Cat in the Hat with Mike Myers. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah baby. We we uh, will get to that this episode fuck, actually. Yes, yeah. We will. Okay, then I'll I'll save it because I love I love that one. Zathura, that's one I haven't seen in fucking years. Um mm-hmm. if ever actually. Uh that might be one I never made it all the way around to. Mm-hmm. Um but now that now that you you, you mentioned it, I might have to re- revisit it, you know. Uh you got you got a younger brother in the house, see how much it resonates with him and stuff. See mm-hmm. if I might show it to him. But And I no, guarantee I like it's a it's one of those movies that you watch as a kid and it seems grand and crazy and like unbelievable, but then you go back and watch it like I don't know, like our age and it might not be quite the movie it was, but but yeah, <laughs> I mean it's been it's been a while since I've even rewatched it, so I, I don't know, that's just it's always held that that uh just placing in my heart is just like the, I don't know, the first time I ever got to really be like, space is pretty fucking cool. Right. Um, and, uh, but yeah. I love that. I'm I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm, uh, I'm starting with a movie that is, um, as of this year, 85 years old. Um, okay. I'm beginning with Bringing Up Baby, 1938, 
directed by Howard Hawks. This one has a couple of huge names that you've almost certainly heard but never had the chance to encounter in Catherine Hepburn and uh, Cary Grant. They are, uh, they headline this sort of screwball comedy where uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, Catherine Hepburn's character actually adopts a, uh, a leopard and names it baby. Um, and so the, the movie is about bringing up baby. Uh, and it is, it's wacky. It's zany. It is, uh, it's aged certainly, but not mm-hmm. nearly as bad as you would anticipate for a 1938 film. Yeah. You know, like you, I don't know. I just kind of associate, the things that happened before 1950 with almost certainly terrible shit. Um, and this one it's, it's, it's aged, it's aged rather well. I loved, uh, Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant have just an impeccable chemistry. And Catherine Hepburn is a, is a recurring, uh, recurring actress on this list. She'll be, she'll be in a few movies in my top 100 Howard Hawks, a recurring director. Uh, this won't even be the last Howard Hawks, uh, movie in this episode. So, uh, I, I enjoy the movie a great deal, and uh, if you want to broaden your horizons into some older American cinema, uh, the screwball comedies, as put forth mm-hmm. by Howard Hawks, are a pretty decent place to start. Uh, bringing Up Baby is extremely funny and uh, mm. and and cute. It's just cute, you know. Yeah. So, like, I, I strongly recommend something like that. So, Bringing yeah, Up Baby comes in at my one hundred. I don't know why. I always just think. That if it's old, it can't be good. I don't know, like I vote, like I, I'm not sure why, but like, like humans, it's something you got to open like, your mind to, for yeah, sure. Like, like I, I think it's like, I mean, sure, there probably have, there probably were some bad movies that were made back then, but there's 1, really shit movies that are being made today. Exactly. Um, so it's like, it's like, yeah, there's, there's always going to be great movies, like no matter what time period it is. Like yeah. humans were always, I don't know. They were still humans, even if it was. Yeah, theater is one of the yeah. acting is one of the oldest professions. We've storytelling, yeah. entertaining. It's one of those yeah. things that it goes back centuries. So, like, uh, naturally, mm-hmm. as soon as we could capture that on camera, uh, it, it, it elevated storytelling. You know, so like, uh, bringing up baby, nineteen thirty-eight. I don't, I don't know. It might be the oldest movie on my list. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have many old ones. I'd say like maybe the sixties. Might be my. I got some sixties. I got some forties. Got some fifties. I think thirty-eight. I think thirty-eight does make this my oldest movie on the list, clocking in at one hundred. So, yeah, um, I need to watch some more old movies because I've been getting into that man, and it's so much fun. Um, Mm. Like it's just such a. It's such a. It feels like another world almost because times have changed so much, and uh, that's that's like kind of what films and cinema is kind of about like preservation of the times like Mm. i think it's like like some movies they're made completely fiction and not even trying to capture the time but it is really cool when you can watch a movie that is like pretty in the now and like it's like oh that's how people lived like back like i don't know that's just what the world used to be like um and even if it if it is fiction or something like that it's like that's what they thought of as science fiction at the time you know, when maybe some of that science fiction mm. stuff is real today or has like become, they, yeah. has come to fruition. Yeah. Now bringing up baby, it, it's a, uh, it's, it's just a screwball comedy. You know, I, I love a lot of the comedy beats in it. Catherine Hepburn plays the zany, uh, woman who is just bothering the shit out of Cary Grant and, mm. 
it's just a they they get up to random hijinks. It's like it's like an extended episode of a sitcom, which is like I, I love shit like that. So uh, bringing up baby at one hundred uh, is is how I'm gonna kick off my list. All right, well, continuing mine. Um, I am going with like kind of a Christmas movie that me and my brother watched the crap out of. Um, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a popular movie, but me and my brother, we love the crap out of it. And it's 1996, Jingle All the Way, uh, directed ah, by Ar- Brian. Arnold. Yeah, Arnold. Directed by Brian Levant, I think is maybe how you say it. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's, uh, just a, a Christmas movie about a, you know, a kid who really, really wants Turbo Man, an action figure that's being sold out everywhere. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has to go around to every store trying to find one or has to get one for his son and can't find it anywhere. He eventually becomes Turbo Man, and it's the best present that he could have even given his kid. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think, like, this was, like, I remember just me and my brother, like, we would just, we thought it was, like, one of the funniest movies, too. Like, we hmm. would just laugh so, like, I don't know. It's just the... More situational comedy, I think, yeah. uh, is what it is, you know. But also, just like a like, even looking back on it, like the story is actually pretty cute, and like, uh, I feel like I might even like tear up a little bit now if I watched it. Uh, oh yeah, maybe. man, this was a yearly viewing when I was younger. Every Christmas, oh, we would we would watch true. Jingle All the Way. Uh, I actually I have a notable lack of Christmas movies on my list. Didn't even didn't even really yeah. occur to me. But uh, there are almost certainly a few that would have belonged here. Uh, Mm-hmm. And Jingle All the Way, I don't know if it quite would have made it, but I loved that movie when I was younger, man. That's a good one. I, and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's he's certainly got his vein. Um, yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit, though, you know, modernly. Uh, obviously, he got his flowers when he got his flowers, you know, like he yeah. was a fucking movie star. Oh, yeah. Um I think most people but, know uh, him as like Terminator, Predator, just the big, bad dude. Action with hero. Like, yeah. yeah. But Jingle All the Way, like, he barely does any action in this really yeah, at all. Like other than when he's I guess, flying as Turbo Man a little bit. But like even that, it's not really action like Arnold Schwarzenegger um, action that you would think of. Yeah, but, like Kindergarten Cop. I don't know if, uh, mm-hmm. if that's uh, that's one you're familiar with. I think it. Yeah, I think that's I don't have it on called. here, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Arnold's got a he's got a storied career, you know, and I think that uh, while he got his flowers in his heyday, I think a lot of people our age and younger, they're just never going to appreciate Arnold Schwarzenegger the way that he probably should have been at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, I love that. I love that at 99. A little, little Christmas spirit yeah. there for you. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, at my 99, I'm dipping for the first time into some of our director's spotlights recently. Oh. Okay, uh, this, this is where I have Bottle Rocket, 1996, uh, directed by Wes Anderson. And Wes Anderson has every film in his filmography on my top 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, this just happens same. to be the lowest. Yeah. Uh, love, love that man. And I love his work. And Bottle Rocket was such a great way to start his career. Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson launching their careers as well. Um, we have a whole episode on it relatively recently, so I won't spend a ton of time on it. But uh, I just love the way it shows those flashes of what Wes Anderson would become. Um, mm. it, it began that working relationship between Robert Yeoman and Wes Anderson, which has become his very consistent uh, cinematography partner. Um, and Owen Wilson, a very consistent acting uh, and writing partner there. Um, I, just, uh, I just adore what this movie did for the future 
you know, the future of Wes Anderson and the way it launches his career. And he's grown to become probably my favorite director there is. So like, uh, Oh yeah. That's more, more than anything. It's because it got him on that path that this is here. It's also fucking hilarious. So like, uh, I had, I had to get bottle rocket in here somehow. Um, it only made the cut after I made some, I, I did some consolidating of franchise movies later on is all I'll say. Um, and we'll get there mm-hmm. when we get there, but bottle rocket here at 99, I was feeling confident about it. I love that movie. And, uh, I love, I love Wes Anderson. I love Owen Wilson. So, uh, mm-hmm. bottle rocket coming yeah. in at 99. Yeah. I got it. I got it in a little bit. I have all of Wes's movies as well. Um, in mine, but, uh, it's not my bottom West movie actually. Mm. Um, pretty close uh between the two um but yeah i love i love bottle rocket i'll get to it in a couple episodes actually cool cool uh, but but yeah um i guess moving on to 98 i have 2009's alien I- aliens in the attic another oh, kind of movie uh directed man. by john schultz um i this one i think I developed a crush for Ashley Tisdale. I mean, High School Musical, yes. and then like this was like another one that I think like a childhood crush. And then also oh just God. me and my. I mean, a lot of these lower ten movies are just like movies. I guess I watch with my brother all the time. But my like, I remember we used to laugh so much at this movie. Like, there's a, there's a scene where uh yeah Robert Hoffman um he plays I don't know just Ashley Tisdale's boyfriend in this one and he gets shot in the like shot in the nuts with a paintball gun yeah um, yeah a couple times and like we we found that as like one of the funniest things of all time um when we were kids um but no i just the the actual like story of like just three aliens crashing down in the attic and then you know the little kids are the only ones that find them and the adults don't believe in them at all kind of like a a similar vein of zathura a little bit kids get to take charge and um but there are some like uh the adults i'm trying to think um kevin nealon is in that kevin movie, nealon, I'm yeah sure. um tim meadows andy is it richter 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 yeah. andy richter tim meadows man that had a cast yeah. on it uh, yeah robert hoffman i'm pretty sure what i know him from is uh she's the man i fucking loved she's the mm. man because my mom loved she's the man so i would watch that with her all the time with amanda Bynes, but uh Man, I forgot about Aliens in the Attic. That was such yeah. a like when I was nine. Man, I was eating that shit up. Yeah. There's one of the kids in it. Um, I don't know who he's played by. Um, but there was kind yeah okay. It was um Carter Jenkins is his name. He was kind of like the nerdier older brother. And then there was uh, J- uh Austin Butler. Uh, he played kind of the the cool guy, like uh like the oh well, just, fuck yeah he did. That's Elvis right there, baby. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I that's kind of nuts. But yeah, Elvis played the fucking cool guy, and I wanted to be him so bad. Like I'm like, man, that dude's just so cool. He was the one who had the paintball gun. He had like all this the cool stuff. But then like the nerdy brother, uh, played by Carter Jenkins. I wonder if if I know him for anything else. Now, Austin Butler's a goddamn Academy Award yeah. nominee now. Uh, from Aliens in the Attic. Uh, I, I remember I discovered him from Zoe 101. That was when I, I became familiar ah. with Austin Butler. What uh, was he in Zoe 101? I'm pretty sure he was just a, he was just one of the guys who I think he might have dated Zoe for a very brief period of time. Huh. But he, I mean, he was not a regular cast member. I think he oh, came okay, in okay. in later seasons. Um, hmm. But yeah, I remember just being like, Austin fucking, whenever he got cast as Elvis, I was like, I've been watching that man since I was like, five you know like because he's just yeah 
He was huh, a child actor who was in a bunch yeah. of shit when we were kids, you know? So like uh, Aliens in the Attic, man, that's a fun, <laughs> that's a fun one. I forgot about that. And one of those aliens is like the cutest little alien. Like he's like, I don't know. There's one that's like the leader and he's kind of general, like, uh, you know, kind of yeah, ugly actually. looking. Uh, even And I think like uh, one's a, like a girl who's kind of just like a badass, like ninja alien that just can do anything. But then there's one that's just kind of like this innocent little boy alien that doesn't really know what's going on and he's just i don't know I, he was my, always my favorite one just like this little cute big eyes um but yeah just just another fun fun movie that i used to find as one of the funniest movies of all time but i go oh, back yeah. and you know probably i don't know it will be interesting to like if i get get around to all of these again like what i what i think of them now um versus what i thought of it back uh. in 2009 whenever this came out that's the key to those movies though. You just got to put yourself back in that mindset. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to let oh, yeah. it get too, uh, nah, get too, yeah. too, too hard. But, uh, no, I love that aliens in the attic, man. I haven't thought about that in fucking years. <laughs> uh, I dig it. I dig it. So, uh, I'll go on to my 98 and we're back with Howard Hawks. Once again, who was the director of bringing up baby. Um, this one is gentlemen prefer blondes, 1953. Ah. A Marilyn movie. By Howard Hawks. That, yes. That we got one of them in there. Cause I, I didn't. It's my favorite Marilyn Monroe movie. Uh, I love me. I love me some Marilyn Monroe. And uh, I actually mentioned that Birds of Prey was just outside of my top 100. Uh, and I actually watched Birds of Prey before I watched Gentlemen Prefer Blonde. So whenever, uh, Marilyn Monroe starts singing, uh, a kiss on the hand might be quite continental, but diamonds are girl's best friend. I was like, that's where that's from, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah and I, uh, I love a musical and this is a musical, you know, Marilyn Monroe and Jane Russell teaming up to, you know, find, find a husband basically. Um, that's and right. Then doing, okay. oh, it's coming back to me. The story doing a nice little bait and switch, uh, between the two of them, uh, at the end there to pull it off. I absolutely adore it. I think it's mm-hmm. such a, it's such a funny, cute comedy. And obviously it's, it's ideals of womanhood have aged quite a bit, but um, it, it did come out in 1953, like I said. So it's only natural that it would have aged. Uh, and uh, I think putting yourself, taking a step back and kind of removing yourself from that and kind of admiring the uh, the bag chasers in Marilyn, yeah. in Marilyn Monroe, man. She's she's after that fucking moolah, baby. And it's it's hilarious. Uh Meanwhile, you got Jane Russell, who's like, you know, she's trying to she's trying to find love, you know, and I I, I respect that, too. She, there's like a whole music number where she's uh, dancing and singing around a bunch of dudes working out. Yep. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very erotic for her. Uh, she she wants a man she can love and be attracted to. And Marilyn Monroe is like, I will marry a 95 year old man if he owns a diamond mine, baby. That's what yep. I'll tell you. Um, yeah, she plays the the like. I'm going to play dumb, but I'm not actually dumb. Yeah. Like, really. I'm just going to use it to like, you know. And that's as, one as of the reasons character. I think it's like, you know, it, it's, it's ideals of womanhood are a bit archaic, but like it, it, for the time, it was probably relatively forward thinking. I know. You know? That, yeah. Like, uh, 53 is out. Yeah. That when it came yeah. out. Yeah. That's, that's a different world there. Yeah. Um, it's a whole different world. And I think that, uh, it, it's, uh, Again, top 100. It's, it's one that I love watching. I've watched it a couple times, um, mm-hmm. just this year. And I think it's, uh, I, I love me some Marilyn Monroe. I've been digging more and more into her filmography and, uh, 
hopefully the next time we do this top 100, I could have a few more bumping up into the top 100. But, uh, yeah. you know, seven year itch is a good one. I like that one a lot. It gave us the iconic imagery of her, like holding down her white dress. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there's a few, there's a few goodies. Um, yeah, not a, it's not, not like much of a bigger name in Hollywood of all time than Marilyn no. Monroe. I get, I am like it hot was another one that felt, I think it's at one Oh six. So mm. like it's it's like right outside there. So I love me some Marilyn Monroe, but uh, gentlemen prefer blondes is the one that I'm throwing in the top nice. top 100. Uh, again, Howard Hawks, love him as a director. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, that's I love this, the switches that we're just seeing. We're going like because I'm always jumping back to like a childhood movie, and like I don't know, it's just it's just funny to like go back <laughs> right. and forth between these. Um, but yeah, no, I guess I don't really have like a. I have some stretches where I go on like some similar movies, but nothing like a whole 10 that are all right. kind of the same. So this is kind of the only time it happens. But I'm um, going to, to 2006. That's where I'm going. And it's Over the Hedge. Uh, directed by Tim Johnson and Carrie Kirkpatrick. Or Kirk Kirkpatrick. That's yeah, Kirkpatrick. Patrick, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, yeah, Bruce Willis. Um, he's RJ, uh, the, the raccoon. Yeah, um, man. Wanda Sykes is in here. Steve Carell, William Shatner. Um, I actually man, watched actually, that movie wow. relatively recently because um, yeah, it got added to like Netflix or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't know. I just another movie that I just I don't know what it was about this, but it, I mean it was funny. But then I think like I I wanted to be like RJ. I don't know why. Like I know this this raccoon who just who knows everything. He's like smarter than like I don't know. He has just a he's kind of like a a go-go gadget like a, I don't know he just has something for every every situation he's in in his golf bag that he carries around with him um but I don't know it's just yeah it was just like a they're trying he's trying to get food for the bear you know that he stole the wagon of at the very beginning of the movie and he has to get all of it back for the bear or else he dies um but all these people don't you know all the other animals don't know that um and he's just kind of conning them into it uh, but then he's like, and then he starts to care for him at, by the end of it, you know, and he's like, no, what I'm doing is wrong. And this, I don't know, but, um, so I don't know, I think like, a just another, like another movie that I just, we watched over and over as a kid. Yeah, it was 2006. So, I mean, I'm, I'm like six years old, um, while watching this. And I thought like, uh, the, the squirrel, let's see who played the, what was the squirrel's name? He had like rabies or he was just crazy. He like um hammy oh it was steve carell okay so yeah um but steve carell played hammy and whenever he had to pretend that he had rabies and go go crazy and they sprayed like uh i don't know whipped cream around his mouth or whatever to get him to go crazy i know i just we found that as the one of the funniest things ever yeah Um, yeah that's a classic right there man yeah i don't know i just i love i love just just another movie that i probably haven't seen in a good I I couldn't even I don't even know the last time I watched it. Yeah, um, it was actually a couple months back for me. Emily uh Emily's sister came to town. I can't remember what they were it was her and her partner and they were here for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but they came back to our place and we were looking we were playing Cards Against Humanity. We had Over the Hedge on the TV. <laughs> uh and that was like a couple months back. So, and that was the first time I'd watched it and probably at least a decade like that's yeah. a that's a good one right there uh yeah, no i haven't seen it in a long time but i'm looking at just the pictures on imdb i can remember so many of these scenes like perfectly in my head like mm-hmm. looking back on it now um i did not know this the cast was kind of that stacked though 
No, um, it's an absurd cast. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had no idea. I just knew them all as animals. Um, I don't know. I didn't even really like know who these actors were at all when I was a kid. Um, right. But now looking at it, it's like, wow, that's that's kind of nuts. Um, Avril Lavigne is in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Gary Shandling, is that? What does he do? Is he just a comedian, I feel like? What? Oh, I know him from, okay, that's what I was thinking. Iron Man 2, he's the, like, senator or something that's, like, yeah, yeah. up on stage. Okay, uh, anyway, uh, side thing. But, but yeah, Over the Hedge. Um, I'm going to stick with you animated-wise. Mm. For 97, um, this is where I have 2020's Soul, uh, ah, directed by man. Pete Docter. Um, okay, I love me some Soul. Wow, it's it should be in mine. Um, I'm astonished that it's not man. actually. Wow. Yeah, that's actually kind of. I I don't know how I forgot about this. I think I I went through like my Pixar and and stuff, and I already had like a number that I'm like, okay, I don't really want to go above that. Um, and maybe that's. Oh man, that's really sad. This is wow. Okay, I might start. I'm definitely going to start a list of ones that I um I should like should be here, and that's really? definitely one of them. Because wow, yeah, Soul's fucking amazing. no. I love Soul, and uh, that that kind of sucks. I thought for sure I was giving it I was giving it a lower thing because I thought for sure you'd oh have it because I know wow. you love that movie. That's uh, so but, bad. Oh. No, but I love Jamie Fox. I love that movie, and uh, it's it's just one of those that always always makes me. Uh, you know, one of those movies that makes you appreciate life a little bit, you know, those um, life affirming films, the um, flow state that he gets. Yeah, the flow like everyone state, has man. their own kind of flow state and it's yeah. different for everybody. And like, oh, my God, I cried like a baby. Like, the, Dude, like I love a that movie, movie. Like, I remember just going into it like, oh, a new pick. Like it was out on Disney Plus. Right. Is like, did it get straight to Disney Plus? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I saw it like on the top banner a couple times, and I think you were like, you gotta check out this movie, like you gotta see it. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, I'll, I'll watch it. Just went in with like, sure, it's a new Pixar movie, and just came out a mess. Like I just, I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck did I sign up for? Like I had Pixar no idea movies when we were younger, we're like, what if toys yeah. came to life? And <laughs> Pixar movies when we're 20 are like, what do you think the afterlife is? Uh, Literally, actually, that okay, I. I might have to. I might just axe a movie up and like. Yeah. I like. I might have to add this in here because like it is so bad that it's not in here. Dude, um, I love. I love Soul, man. It's uh. It was actually very, very nearly our 2020 movie for our comic book movie journey through film. If you'll recall, we were uh. We were very close to picking that for our 2020 movie. Ultimately, went with Nomadland, which I think was the right choice. But uh. I uh I. Yeah, you'll never hear a bad word out of my mouth about this movie. Uh, Tina Fey is extremely funny in it. Um, I love me some Jamie Foxx. David Diggs has a small voice role in it, and I love David Diggs. Um, I'm pretty sure... um, Oh, shit. Angela Bassett has a role, I'm fairly certain. I think she's the... uh, I think she's like, yeah, Dorothea. She's the head of the band that he really wants to be... He really mm-hmm. wants to be in, so like it's yeah. got a it's got a crazy cast on it, and uh, I mean some beautiful animation. I love its contemplation of what the afterlife is, like the uh, the Pablo Picasso inspired sort of entities that run the afterlife. Like that's really really cool. Um, actually, having watched uh, a Matter of Life and Death the other night, almost certainly an influence on that movie. Mm. Um, 
like yeah. 100% an influence on soul. And there are some uh, shots in soul that are wow. Like gorgeous, thinking back, dude. yeah, some of the anime, like something that I think Pixar needs to get better at is revamping their animation style. Mm. Everything from Pixar kind of has the, the same look. feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think they've done a good job at branching out from that at points with soul. Like whenever they are like that shit where they are in the void between the afterlife and life, the stairway up there, like looking at it right now. That's gorgeous. exactly the first picture um, I went to on IMDb. Yeah. Um, yeah, like that's a, that's uh, it's one of those times where I feel like Pixar has really actually uh, branched out in their yeah. in their style, and I really really like that shit. So, uh, yeah, I had to go Soul. I had to give Pixar some love. I don't think I have another Pixar movie on my list. Actually, I think this uh, is actually the 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 peak of the mountain for me. I think I think I know why it's not in here. I think I just went to like the Pixar movies and I just scrolled down to like my childhood years. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back to like the early 2000s to see like where I, I stacked those movies and maybe I just I didn't look towards the top of the list because I don't know I didn't I just didn't think that they had I don't know I don't know how I forgot about it but that's I'm I'm very pissed at myself um, and I think I think I may have an alteration um, uh-huh. inbound I don't know what movie might be getting the I don't know if I should even do that I don't know maybe I should just hold true but I don't know I think one movie's gonna kind of have to get the axe. Um, because yeah um anyway but man i'll have to i'll do some thinking on that but because it would probably be in a couple episodes at least Um, yeah right so it's gonna have to be kind of a a better movie that has to get axed because of it but i think it it should deserve it um but man okay well that started way too early a movie like i was worried about that a movie that i was like oh damn how is that not in here Right. Um, and it's already already started at freaking the fourth movie you say. Um but anyway, um continuing on, I think we're on what 90 yeah, 96. Um it's I think maybe my second and last Christmas movie. Um oh. but this is where I have uh 2004 The Polar Express. Um, oh yeah. Robert directed by Robert Zemeckis? Zemeckis? Zemeckis. Zemeckis, yeah, but uh, Tom a Hanks. very, very notable director, as I believe he also did uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah, uh, Forrest Gump, Back to the Future. Like, okay, yeah, okay, this dude's yeah, got Robert Zemeckis has it. a career on him. Um, Castaway, Monster, a lot of lot of Tom Hanks collaboration with Robert Zemeckis. Castaway, wow, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, Denzel Monster. Washington movie in the flight. Okay, um, but yeah, this so okay. I'm I'm learning. I don't know a lot of directors' names uh, through this. That'll be that'll be nice that I could just finally put a name behind all these movies I watched so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't know. I just a uh, kind of another yearly watch along with Jingle All the Way, uh, Polar Express. I I find myself like Jingle All the Way. I don't think we watched every year, but I kind of stopped at some point. Maybe when I was I don't know, probably like high school time or maybe like around there but polar express i was still watch every single year no matter what pretty much like i, I it's 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 hard pressed if i if i don't find myself watching polar express one year um and i just i don't know i love like at, the older i'm getting like i like tom hanks like just his performance in this is just actually kind of nuts like the voice acting he does um as like i didn't know he was the hobo 
at the top, like the the guy on yeah, top right. of the train that he gets to. He just does a lot of voices in the, in in the movie, I guess. Tom um, Hanks is wonderful, man. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking at let's see, yeah, Chris Coppola, Coppola, um, Chris Coppola. Is that like related to Francis Ford? Or no? If there is a Coppola, it's almost certainly related to but that he's, Coppola. He's the toothless boy. I think the is that the annoying guy? Oh no, no, that's no at all. Eddie Dean's in. Never mind. The toothless boy. Who's that? Toothless boy. I can't that's remember. Like the second that. name. Is that the like the the main character? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who toothless boy would be. Um, but anyway, um, I don't know. Polar Express is just kind of a, a Christmas classic and like hot chocolate. That was like one of my favorite scenes just of all time. Like as a kid, I would just put on Polar Express. Think, yeah, it probably would have been the VHS at the time. Yeah, 2004. Um, and I just try to find that hot chocolate scene all the time. And it was, I don't know. I just, yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a banger. I mean, that's still a, to this day. That's yeah. one I've got to argue for in, uh, like every year when Christmas comes around, my family, like it's, it's a hit or miss for a lot of people. Yeah. You either really like Polar Express or you do not like watching Polar Express. I love Polar Express, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family man. doesn't like Polar Express. I've got to, I've got to try my best to get them to watch that shit. Um, whenever they get to like the North Pole or whenever it's like someone's just believing in the spirit of Christmas and you just get that, like the theme, like, mm. is it who? I feel like someone big did this theme for some reason uh like the music um but i don't maybe not um let's see see if i can find comp- the composer oh alan silvestri i guess alan silvestri he did the um, avengers oh, yeah, did, yeah and, back to the future uh, i guess as well um but just like the the like choir voices like the yeah. like just the, like just that like i'm i don't, I don't know i i could just I loved the music in the Polar Express. I was just obsessed with it, and like the bells, you can only hear them if you believe, you know. Like I don't know, just just like, them. Yeah, there's just a lot of like really cool, like you you've always wanted to see what the North Pole was like, and like how all those presents, you know, the big bag that all yeah. the presents were just like wrapped in. I was just like a, a really cool, um, just Christmas thing. That is a thing, fun fucking movie, man. All aboard! Yeah, the ticket. <laughs> And it's like a different word for everybody, but how fast he can do it and how just like, I don't know, um, was sick. But yeah, I love, love the Polar Express and oh, I'll I'll argue for it every single year, but I just, I I watch it just myself personally. Um, I end up having my own for sure, but Um, yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Um, God, great movie. Not on mine. Kind of wish it was, but I love the Polar Express. (laughs) Um, my 96, I'm taking it to a romance movie here. Okay. With uh, Moonstruck, 1987, directed by Norman Jewison. It's starring Cher and Nick Cage in the oh. leading roles. and uh, Not what I expected whatsoever. Cannot recommend this movie highly enough, man. Uh, I watched it for the first time this year, um, just a couple months back. Me and Emily were staying in a hotel. Um, they had this little like bathtub in the corner that you could like, you could still see the TV. So I sat and soaked in a fucking bathtub the entire time I watched Moonstruck and it was potentially the greatest fucking movie experience I've ever had in my life. Damn. Uh, I also watched a 42 minute bath right there. That's yeah. Cool. I also, uh, I also watched a uh, top secret starring Val Kilmer that night, not, not in the bath, but also <laughs> watched top secret. Uh, wow. uh, 
No, nah, man, I, uh, I've, I've loved Cher's music for years. I, I adore mm-hmm. Cher. Um, and she won a best actress Oscar for this movie. Um, wow. And it's one of my favorite Nick Cage performances. I love Cher. I don't, I just don't think I'm hard pressed to tell you anyone has ever been more attractive in a movie than Cher and Moonstruck <laughs> is to me. I think she's fucking brilliant. Um, and Nick Cage is, uh, not uh, way, 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 not he's his coverage like crazy yeah, yeah. with, with Cher here. Um, but even so it's one of my favorite performances of his. He has one of those, just um, an electric monologue. He is so over the top in this movie and, you know, Nick Cage typically is, but it's a special kind of over the top within mm. the context of this movie. He plays a character who's lost a hand. Um, oh. Wow. Uh, and he like hates his brother is marrying Cher, um, is, is marrying Cher. And, but his brother's about to go back, uh, back to the home country in Italy to visit their mom who's on her deathbed or their grandma who's on their, on her deathbed. I can't remember. Um, but he wants his brother to be invited to the wedding, a brother he hasn't talked to in like five years. So he sends Cher to go invite him to the wedding. And obviously that doesn't go his way. Um, as Nick Cage and Cher are the leads in this romance movie. That's uh, what I was going to say. I'm like, yeah, wow. So, uh, it, it just one of those, he has a, a line delivery. He goes, uh, it just kind of builds and builds and builds. He like Cher sees how angry Nick Cage's character is. And he's like, uh, why should I come? I have no hand. I have no bride. Johnny has his hand. Johnny has his bride. It's a, it's just a incredible, incredible performance. And, uh, and it has like a, multiple storylines beyond just Cher and Nick Cage's that is fulfilling. Um, Cher's mom in the movie is portrayed by Olympia Dukakis, who is, uh, absolutely incredible. I believe she got a supporting actress nod for this movie at the Oscars and uh, she has her own love story, which is, uh, was, was another great little arc in this movie. Like I, uh, I, a very high recommendation on my romance movies list. Like this is, uh, I, I adore this movie. So I have it coming in at 96 here. Nice. Okay. Well, moving on to 95, uh, the midway point of this episode here. Um, I guess maybe that would have been, I guess kind of midpoint. If we're yeah, doing, midpoint uh, ish. Ish. Um, but I'm going to 2005's Sky High. Um, ah, I, yeah. Mike, Mike Mitchell. Um, I mean, this was. You got Kurt Russell. As a yeah, yeah, Kurt Russell, Kelly Preston were the the parents. Um, the big, you know, just I guess the best superheroes just to ever exist. I don't know, and like they're they're just kind of like Mister and Miss Incredible. Yeah. Uh, and then stronghold, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will stronghold. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in this bitch, bro. I yeah. love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. That's Harris Cindela, baby, or it's about to be. Um, oh, wow, she's about oh. to be live action. Uh, yeah. Oh, she played Cindela. Quinn. Oh my god, the yeah. the freaking villain, like the yeah, yeah. Royal Pain. Okay. Yeah, Royal Pain. Wow, that's okay. That's sick. I don't know. Hera had it like that. Had the pacifier turned freaking everyone into babies. Yeah, yeah. She was in also Huntress in Birds of Prey. Come has come really? up a couple times in this one. Um, Bruce Campbell, Linda Carter, like that's got a fucking cast on it, man. Yeah, uh, and a lot of just I don't know. I, 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 there's not a thought that went through my head more than like 
when am I going to get my superpowers? Like as a kid, I'm like, when does this happen? You know, like obviously it's got to happen at some point. Is this a part of puberty? Yeah. And I'm like, is that what they're talking about? You know, is that like, I don't know. Is it just some secret that, that adults can't tell us? Because if they did, then we get our, you know, the whole world would just not work. I'm like, I'm trying to make sense of it. Um, but I don't know. It was just a very nice escapist movie as a kid to be like, man, what if I had superpowers? It's like a whole school full of kids with only superpowers mm. that like only kids with superpowers can even get to because I guess, wait, wait, they got there on buses. How the fuck did the buses get up there? They just flew? They Yeah, they they flew. They were flying buses. So they just had magic but Yeah, I remember the bus driver. Like, it was like uh, Ron Wilson, bus driver. Bus driver. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Yeah, the buses flew. They would fly up there. I guess they, they like they would like fly off the edge of a like a cliff No, I'm just trying like, to think. I'm just trying to think like all these kids had superpowers or whatever, but like I guess magic is just also a thing in this movie. Like that yeah. I just never really thought about because there's a fucking school floating in a cloud and then buses that you, that can just fly. There's no superpowers needed. You know, is Ron Wilson just a dude? Did he have, No, he had a superpower, right? He went he I went high high. Did. did he did he I feel like he had like a like, yeah, I used to go to Sky High, and I got... I feel like he got, like, bullied yeah. or something. Just, I, I feel like incredible. I remember that. He's actually credited as Ron Wilson, comma, bus driver. Yes! I don't know. I feel like he actually had, like, a... Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he was just simply the bus driver. There's only one person to authorize transport superheroes. Ron Wilson, bus driver. And I'm Ron Wilson, bus driver. Well, that's the only <laughs> quote on IMDb from him. So, I don't know. Maybe that is really... Really, all that was in there, but uh, no, I don't know. Just a super memorable memory, or just movie as a kid. I'd I'd watch yeah. it all the time. Um, Nicholas Braun was in it. He's now like, uh, he's in he was in Succession. Like, oh wow, okay, yeah. But just like I remember their basement, um, the Stronghold yeah. House, like like their lair was just sick. Like I thought it was always so cool, and like the the jump in the air, and then and then like doing the superhero landing right in the gym, and then the whole floor like like kind of ripples out. Like I don't know, there's just a lot of really like uh, the the gym game that they would play, like the uh, oh challenge they had to complete there was so fucking cool. Yes, Uh, superhero or sidekick that you would literally in front of everybody if you were a superhero or a sidekick, and like. Yeah, like the sidekicks were just the rejects, you know, the uh, uh, or whatever, and then like uh, but no, I I and like I don't know, just a a really fun movie um that I just I know I, I watched all the time, um but yeah, two thousand five, yeah, I don't know, just sky high. A lot of a lot of these, by the way, like when I was looking for inspiration, um, I just went to like our our old playroom cabinet full of like all of our VHSs and, and yeah. DVDs. And I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's gotta be in there. Uh, so that's, that's where a lot of these came from were the DVDs. And I could tell because those cases of those DVDs were ripped to shit. And like, were I, you could just tell that those movies were watched a lot more. Um, so it was kind of easy to, to pick them out, but yeah. 95. I haven't even been contemplating how many of these I own physically. Yeah. Yeah. Including my next one. It'll be three so far. Bringing up Baby and Moonstruck, I have the Criterion Collection editions of both of those. Ooh. But uh, okay. next one is uh, Burn After Reading at 95. 
Burn After Reading, released 2008, directed by the Coens, Ethan and Joel mm-hmm. Cohen. Um, if you're familiar with the work of the Coens, which I am overwhelmingly familiar, I fucking love their movies. Um, That's a cast right there. Holy yeah, it's, it's a wonderful, intertwining, chaotic web of stories, which is just what you love about a Coen movie. Everything happening to the characters just kind of accidentally happenstance kind of puts them in their situations and the way they deal with those situations is hilarious. And this one, Brad Pitt, this is one of my top two favorite Brad Pitt performances there is. Brad Pitt and Francis McDormand work at a gym. Francis McDormand desperately wants uh, plastic surgery to like fix her entire yeah. body. She thinks she's ugly. I think Francis McDormand is a wonderful looking woman, but she she's obsessed with the idea that she is not uh, she's not skinny. She wants to be thinner. Mm-hmm. She she needs plastic surgery. And uh, Brad Pitt's just her homie who works at the at the at the gym with her. And one day he, in the locker room, he discovers a, uh, a a disc, a CD or a DVD that uh, when he opens it, he believes contains government secrets. And he is ready to blackmail the person this belongs to in order to get money and share it with Frances McDormand for her plastic surgeries. Hey, um, wow. That's the government awesome. agent is John Malkovich. Um, John Malkovich, if I recall correctly, is, uh, oh, he's, I think he's married to Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's, I see her in the cast. Yeah. Yeah. He's mar- I think he's married to Tilda Swinton, yeah. who is having an affair with George Clooney. And George Clooney is cheating on Tilda Swinton with Francis McDormand. And, so like, it's just a wonderful, crazy slew of everything going on. What Brad Pitt doesn't realize, Brad Pitt plays the most dumb ass of dumb asses ever in this movie. This thing containing government secrets is actually John Malkovich's attempt at writing a memoir. He was just writing a book, which is supposed to be public. It's going to be public knowledge anyway. So whenever he's like a... He's like trying to blackmail him for it. He's like, are you a fucking idiot? You know, like that's a... That's, and Brad yeah. Pitt's just so fucking stupid in it. It's it's an incredible, ridiculous movie. Another one that I own physically. I got this one on Blu-ray. And I cannot like, emphasize enough just how outrageous it is. Um, <laughs> Brad Pitt, it, like I, I can't speak highly enough. Like I'm, you, you got this cast and I keep coming back to Brad Pitt. That's how you know he's yeah. fucking good in this movie. Yeah. Um, That's a nuts cast. J.K. Simmons. Um, yeah, then, J.K. Simmons plays yeah. CIA <laughs> John Malkovich is a former CIA agent. Um, mm-hmm. he's retired, like he's forced into retirement, okay. Okay. and he's he's working on this memoir. And J.K. Simmons is folded in uh, because he's being informed of everything that's happening with this situation. Because it goes, if you know Co- if you know the Cohen brothers, they go yeah. way above and beyond everything you could possibly anticipate the story would require. There's murder, there's death, there's all sorts of shit in this movie. Um, uh, so yeah, what like, we think uh, about covering them? Um, like, yes, hey, for like, drive-away uh, dolls. I we were like thinking about was, that for yeah. Ethan. Because yeah, I thought I remember... on that list. Um, mm-hmm. And the next time the Coens have a movie, we're going to be doing the director spotlight for them, I promise you that, because this shit is... Uh, I, I fucking love their movies, and... Uh, this, hmm. this is one of my favorites. It's not my highest Coen Brothers movie, 
but it's uh, it's up there. Uh, I love okay. Burn After Reading. So I got that at 95. Okay. Well, I switch up here. Uh, going back to Pixar, uh, I guess a lot, my childhood was, was kind of, well, I guess, have I even had a Pixar movie yet? I had um, Soul. I don't think you've had a Pixar yeah, movie. I guess, I guess I haven't had one yet. Um, but no, I guess my first Pixar movie uh, is 2006's Cars. Uh, Hell by yeah. Better and Joe Ramft. Um, I think it's maybe how you say it. Ranft. R-A-N-F-T. Um, but anyway, um, I just, I was obsessed with Cars and Lightning McQueen. I thought Lightning McQueen was the coolest. I want, for a movie to make me want to be like a car. It's gotta be pretty cool. I don't know. Like, I, I, I imagine myself as Lightning McQueen all the time. Or like, and then like Dynaco of how cool it would be to be like, just to get highway. Oh, dude, in those cool cars, like the yeah, man. on the bro, highway. You ain't even got to tell me, bro. I fucking. Lo- this was the first movie I saw in theaters multiple times. Mm. <laughs> I saw this movie yeah. twice in two days when I was six. I fucking loved this one, bro. Lightning McQueen. I love Owen Wilson. Um, so him being. You know, the fact that the first thing I remember Owen Wilson for is Lightning McQueen is something that I'll, I'll forever be appreciative of. Um, Toe Mater. I always loved Toe Mater. Um, speed. I am speed. Yeah, Larry the Cable Guy. I'm a <laughs> hillbilly hell. That's another good one for, for, uh, he won the Piston Cup. He did what in his cup? Uh, that's a, that's another good one. Uh, just a, a, a lot of, just a great cast of characters, uh, perfectly capturing personalities, car types, which is absolutely something you can do in real life. So like the fact that they made a whole animated movie around yeah. that kind of incredible. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great fucking man. That's a great choice. Yeah. Like I just, I, I love also when people start to be like, what's the, the carnatomy, you know, what's their anatomy like, you know, what, like, let's really get, get into the details here. Cause like if, if gas is kind of like their food, you know, that's what they need to run, like, and go. So the gas is kind of like their food. That's, you know, but like, what's oil? Is oil like their blood? You know, kind of like, I, and, you know, like, it's like this stuff sort of makes sense. And they're like, okay. But then you have that scene where, where those two fangirls of Lightning McQueen flash him, you know, with their yeah, headlights. Headlights, yeah. And you got to think: is that is that the equivalent of boobs? If so, there's a lot of cars that just have boobs out all the time. Yeah, they just they're just tits out, man. That's all they are. Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, like what's going on in car world? You know, like and there's just a lot mm. of and then there's planes. I don't know. There's even a movie about them. Yeah, the planes. Um, but then like they have real food though, because Mater eats like wasabi and like in soup. So they have real food. Yeah. Cause they have mouths. Yeah. I- anyway, um, it's, it's a, I don't know. The logistics I, are tough to follow. I, I don't know. I just love like going into details that don't matter whatsoever that the movie had no intentions of even explaining at all, but just to, to dive down a rabbit hole that doesn't even really exist. I, do, I don't know. I do that quite often. Uh, but no cars was, I don't know, like, whenever he fixes the town, 
you know, he feels bad and then, and then overnight he just gets through it, fixes the whole road and everyone gets to drive on the smooth road yeah. for the first time. And, and I remember when he comes back and gets like the white tires from Luigi, Ooh. Luigi's shop. Um, and he I looks just so clean. And then like the paint over from that one cool guy, the hot rod, uh, yeah. dude that did like the paint yeah. jobs. And he like, he did something at every person's store, you know, so for a little bit. Sleepy. I like uh, Mack truck. Mack truck is always good. I like Mack. Mm. Uh, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally, uh, Flo, yeah. like Flo. Flo. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sheriff. I remember. Yeah. I remember uh, Doc sheriff. Hudson, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doc. That's Paul Newman. Um, Damn. Is it really? Yeah. Paul Newman oh. is a, that's a legendary actor they got there. Um, gotta, if you turn left to go right, you know, if you're going fast enough. Is that, that mean, Doc? Is that really real? You know, I've actually never really thought about that. I, there's no way that shit's real, you know? No. Like, um, and I have no interest in attempting so. Um, like, maybe, maybe, is that how you drift? Maybe, I don't know. I still don't know how to drift at all, and I'm never going to attempt it because I, I feel like I just crash, even if I'm in an open parking lot. Turning a car. Yeah. I believe that the direction you turn the wheels is the way your car will turn. And I can't imagine much of a scenario in which that's not the case. But if you're going fast enough, that's their explanation, right? If you if you find yourself going fast enough, you turn left and you'll end up going right or whatever. You just got to go fast. But it's also on like an outer – it's not on a road. On asphalt, it won't work. You have to be on like something that's kind of – you got that dirt you know, road thing. Yeah, yeah, going. yeah. Because because Lightning McQueen, he only does it he does it in the piston cut, but it's whenever he's in the grass and and he's like trying to find himself back onto the track. So it's not All on right. the track that he does it, it's only on the grass. Um so maybe they got something. I don't know. Maybe when you're on like a gravel road or something that's like like that, maybe that is what you do. I don't know. I'll right. have to I'll have to look into this. But probably not, is my is my initial guess. Um, I'm going to try it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll be right back, actually. I'll let you know how it goes. I just um, yeah. I start turning right, and my car goes right, and I'm like, wow. Uh, just fly <laughs> off fly off a hill. Uh, yep. Into a bunch of cactuses, as yeah, like naturally does. Naturally. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I always loved that movie when I was younger, man. Uh, that was that was one that was near and dear when I was, mm. when I was a young lad. And it's one that's, shit, man, I think I've... It's probably another one I've rewatched this year at some point. Uh, mm. Me and Emily love watching Pixar movies together. So like uh, Cars, it's that's uh, one that I've I know I've watched recently. Can't tell you how recently, but I know mm. I have. Um, yeah, so nostalgic, man. These move like huh. I don't know a different time, a much simpler time in our lives, yeah, to be sure. Um, but to uh, to continue in a movie that is absolutely not Cars. Mm-hmm. Um, at 94, this is where I have another one from the 52-year journey through film for us. Uh, 1986's Aliens, directed oh, by James Cameron, uh, starring Sigourney Weaver. Uh, yeah, man. I, I This movie is every bit as good as we remember it being. Uh, it's top two James Cameron for me, um, along mother, with Titanic. Found mother-daughter relationship, man. I, I just... I don't know. A little... Little Newt, isn't that her name? Yeah, Newt. Yeah, Newt. Ripley and Newt. I mean, man. The, the fucking power loader. I, I, oh. I have, I have a little funk. I have a Funko Pop that's about this tall. That's uh, Ripley in the power loader, and it's super fucking cool. It's one of my favorite action figures. Um, 
Just so, a just a badass woman. That just is a, a cool movie, man. You know, yeah. like there, there there are very few movies that I feel like I can describe as like little more and no less than fucking cool. And Aliens is one of those. You know, like that is a cool fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I, the the practical effects of the aliens themselves, the sort of the the tension they build throughout that movie is like the the radar where they're like bleeping closer and closer, and then they like disappear, and oh. you're like, oh god. Um, uh, and then like the yeah. big other alien at the end that she's fucked, like yeah. oh my god what a fight yeah. like yeah that's mother, just... mother versus mother right there god um, damn that movie's sick it's yeah, one it's... that I need to rewatch I haven't watched it since we talked about it for the 52 year journey through film and I I, 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 I love that shit though when I was going through uh, the 52 year journey through film that was one that I'm like I cannot exclude that one so mm-hmm. it will be will be on mine um, beautiful love to beautiful. hear that love, love, to love hear the that. space movies yeah if, it, if it's space i mean I'm it's all, automatically I'm got a leg up on some other stuff yeah, um, i'm already um so yeah, yeah i don't have a super long-winded relationship with aliens or anything mm-hmm. the first time i watched it was for the 52 year journey through film yeah, and i think i've only watched it that once and it stuck with me so yeah. profoundly that it's still yeah. in this top 100 so that's like true. uh that's true it's it a, a one and done good, watch that i viewing. like yeah, uh, one and done for me as well, and I hold it in the same esteem. So yeah, yeah. It's, it was it was really good, but yeah. not for a, not for a lack of uh, not wanting to rewatch it. It's just one of those ones where I'm like, God, I got to get back around to that. You know, like uh, mm-hmm. at some point I will. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's a that's a fun fucking movie. It's so good, and uh, you know, I I feel like I've discredited James Cameron quite a bit, um, but uh, his top three. Top four or five, pretty <laughs> fucking solid. You know, yeah. You know, uh, Titanic, Aliens, Terminator, T two, Way of the Water. They're pretty fucking strong movies, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, hard they, to deny. They are pretty damn good. He's got a he's got a good batting average. Um, but yeah, Aliens here. Love me, love me some Aliens. And uh, like I said, only one of two Cameron movies that'll be appearing here. The other one's Titanic. That won't be for a few for a few episodes so okay well i i made i thought i was going in a like a i thought i had a bunch of pixar movies um but it was my first one but i will have another pixar movie right now um is why i kind of go on a little pixar run i guess that was i mean my childhood was just simply dominated by pixar um but one more a movie i liked a little more than cars um was monsters inc uh 2000 oh yeah uh by Peter Doctor, David Silverman, and Lee Unkirk. Un- 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 um, Pete Un- Doctor, same director as Soul. Hey, okay. Oh, I like good, that. Good track record on him. Um, and another, I don't know, another, it's still, like Boo has the Pixar look, but all the monsters are very unique. Like Very it's, original. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, just the concept of it. Like the, the doors. sequence in that one is one that always stuck oh. with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I fucking love. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that shit, bro. Yeah, oh man, that's so good. But then all Randall like, and the the room that just had all the doors, like every yeah. it was kind of like Shazam, you know, like uh, like the yeah, 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 all the doors that you could go through. Um, 
but this did it first, you know. I, I don't know, maybe in the comics, mm-hmm. if, if maybe who knows. No. Um, but uh, no, I, I thought I thought that was always so cool, and them climbing through all of them, going to like just these random locations, and like just chasing Randall, like trying to get Boo. Some um, genuinely like scary parts in that movie when you're younger too, like uh, that back room where they're like sucking the life out of monsters. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, no, no, that shit's yeah. dark. Uh, uh-uh. uh, it's like it's like the classic like movie trope of like the laser that's slowly getting closer and closer to your crotch. But this mm-hmm. is like way worse. Like I would way like this is like a torture device before you just yeah. die and you don't even have a soul anymore. Like I don't know. That's just uh, uh-uh. uh, that is not it. Um, but like twenty three nineteen. That's what I was about to say. Is yeah, like just remember, like oh my god, there's so many moments in this movie that are that are just great and like always oh, watching. You know, whatever, whatever. What was her name? Uh, oh, like uh, fucking lady. Um, uh, what is? It's gonna stick out when I see it. I'd say. Wow. Hello, Maybe. lovely. Yeah. That, uh... How you doing today? Uh, Billy Crystal is Mike Wazowski, isn't he? Do I have that right? Um, mm-hmm. John yeah. Goodman is Sully. It's a it's a great cast again, man. Uh, Water Noose. Uh, is it Roz? Yeah, Roz. Oh, he's watching. That's yeah, uh, voiced by Bob Peterson. Hello, Roz, darling. Yeah, wow, that is, yeah. My little smoopy, poopy, doopy, loop. I can never remember what she says there, but the Medusa-ass motherfucker who's like, uh, uh, that restaurant? I always wanted there. to go to that restaurant, bro, oh, that they were God. at at the beginning. The octopus just popping yeah. up, doing hibachi, like, at grill or whatever, but just, like, at a even greater rate. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I didn't, Roz was voiced by a dude this whole time. I had no idea. I'm always watching Wazowski. Yeah. But, always man, watching. That's a, that's a, mem- like, just so many memorable, like, I don't know, I, I remember just watching the hell out of this movie. Like, this was just oh, yeah. always on. Into oblivion. Yeah. And the, even in the, in the poster of it from the creators of Toy Story, like, this is like, Pixar was on a run. Like it, I don't know. They it's crazy. The when movie Pixar got rolling, oh buddy, they got fucking rolling. Yeah. Dude. The uh, the late the nineties and the early two thousands, man, that was a crazy run that Pixar was on. And uh, Disney Animation was probably in its prime as well at that point. You know, Little Mermaid was eighty nine, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, there were a few there were a few more in the in the nineties there, but. Uh, just a special era for animated movies. And, uh, the, the only issue is that they haven't evolved a lot since then, you know, like Pixar has been kind of stagnant because they knew that worked then. And it still works. It still sells, you know, like elemental just put up crazy numbers after starting relatively slow, but, uh, Hmm. Like it, 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 I just can't wait until they, they innovate again. You know, I think that it's been a while since they've taken yeah. that step up and monsters Inc was one of those times where it was like, Oh, this shit's getting better. Um, yeah, 2001 and I was a year old. Yeah. So was I, that's crazy. Um, been around my whole fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just weird to think about, but, um, no, I, I absolutely love monsters Inc. Um, and Love it's that. Not, not quite, you know, the, the, in this like little mini top 10 that I have, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's fourth, I guess, in this little mini top 10. So, I mean, I, I really, really love Monsters Inc. when it comes yeah. to that. But, 
but no Pixar for the next couple, actually. Um, I dig it. So. I dig it. Yeah, my ninety three. This is the. This will be the second crossover we've had as far as like uh, actor crossover. You know, we had Owen Wilson for me on Bottle Rocket. Owen Wilson for you and Cars. It's one I've got. Scott Pilgrim versus the World uh, at ninety three came out in twenty ten, directed by Edgar Wright, which also fe- features Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who mm-hmm. was in Sky High. Um, Let's go. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we uh, n- n- nice. I like little crossovers like that. It's always very fun. The web but, uh, of crossovers from this list is going to be insane. By it's going to be. It's going to be immense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've uh, I've loved this movie for a few years. I watched it for the first time five years ago. I was uh, it was December after I came home from Mizzou. Um, and I've talked about this multiple times on the podcast was not in the best place. Uh, and I watched this movie like every night for like a week straight. Um, because I was just like, I, I got rip roaringly, uh, high and then just turned on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, and it will always be special to me for providing comfort in a time like that. Uh, Michael Sarah is uh, one of my favorites. Love me some Michael Sarah. Uh, love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Jason Schwartzman, the villain in that movie. Um, love me some Jason yeah. Schwartzman. Brandon yeah. Ruth, Brie Larson being the hottest woman who's ever graced film in that one. Uh, hello again, friend of a friend. How is she not she- even in the top cast? Wow, she's uh, she's, uh, she's incredible in that movie. Wow. Uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza is in that one. Easy. Oh, Craig had to reconnect there. A uh, crazy little, just a special movie that probably, you know, I think it came at the right time. I don't know that a movie like this would get made as well as it did then if it was now. You know, like uh, bringing that comic book to life. Um, Edgar Wright a brilliant director, a wonderful artor, one, a guy whose filmography I need to dig into deeper, um, helped develop Ant-Man, uh, the first movie he was set to direct it originally, but then got dismissed as, uh, Kevin Feige and Marvel studios thought that his artistic direction wasn't exactly what they were looking for. Hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a confession. Uh, like, I feel like I'm confessing here, but yeah, I, I still haven't seen, this movie yet oh no kidding it's a great one man everyone uh, chris evans school plays like, a wonderful douchebag in it what? Um, yeah wow okay like i just remember everyone talking about this movie like i don't know why like I, it's like, uh it, it's caught a bad cool. rap for the uh, stereotypical person who enjoys this movie um like the stereotypical person who's like ah that's my favorite movie of all time you're typically like well then i probably don't need to watch it um yeah okay but uh it's 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 more than worth your time and uh no hate to anybody whose favorite movie is got pilgrim versus the world obviously it's one of my favorites of all time it's on this list but uh mm-hmm. uh it's 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 got a certain type of like uh anime energy you know like there's yeah, there's, there's an element the to it that feels uh, it looked kind of cool like the style like had a style to it extremely uh, stylistically pleasing yeah. like it's uh it's something that uh very video gamey is how i'd describe it. like it's it's based around like video game aesthetics and it's uh that's cool mm, huh. i love it very very enjoyable so scott pilgrim versus the world that's where i'm gonna go ahead and throw it here uh 93 okay. and th- it's one that's like fallen and fallen and fallen there was a point where i would have told you this was a top 10 favorite movie of mine as well 
but here it is at 93, you know, like it's a wild relationship to movies here. Yeah. Well, on to 92 was a movie that you guessed actually, uh, that, that you thought that I I might not have, but it it is the cat in the hat, uh, that came out in 2003 by Bo Welch, um, Bo Welch, uh, written by Dr. Uh, the dude, uh, Dr. Seuss, who just, I don't know. I, I, I played him. Or played him. I don't know if that's the right word. I impersonated him in elementary school. The Missouri um, Project? Yup. Yeah, you had to just pick someone from Missouri and, like, look like them and then give, like, a speech to yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. like, parents just came and would press your button or whatever on your desk, and then you'd have to just, Hi, I'm Dr. It's like Sue. an NPC game uh, where you're like, uh, Oh, wait a minute. Like, Ooh, ice cream's so good. You know, like, it's it was that, but on an elementary school level. Um, I think I would wait. I think I might have been Walt Disney. Actually, was he from Missouri? I think Walt Disney was Doctor Seuss. I was a little hung up on as being yeah. from Missouri. Yeah, no, I think I was Walt Disney. So okay, I was I was crossing crossing some memories there. Yeah, I, w- I was not Doctor Seuss. Um, but I don't know. I I read. I don't know. I had all his books. I guess as a kid, Doctor Seuss was Massachusetts. Uh, okay, yes, yeah, so I did not play. Dr. Seuss. I'm pretty sure I played Walt Disney. I was Nelly. Wow. The rapper. So hot and so hot and her. That was that was who I was. Walt Disney was born in Illinois, but maybe he was brought up in... Yeah, Were you Mark Twain? Twain? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I think I got Walt Disney somehow. I don't know. He moved to Marceline, Missouri, where he has his childhood farm. Oh, okay, then yeah. Drawing. So was, I guess, yeah, maybe. Um, brought like, up. Yeah, I think it was Walt Disney. Yeah. Yeah, he was four years wow. old when they moved to Missouri. He grew up in Missouri. Okay, but wow, that, that unlocked a, a memory that I didn't, I haven't thought about in so long at Chapel. Mm. You know, like a, just L, like a, in the small gym. I don't know, like I, the gym doesn't even really exist anymore, I don't think. Uh, look, looking back at it, like, wow, that's, okay. Anyway, but yeah, Cat in the Hat. Um, this, I mean, it's another kind of Zathura, uh, and, and, uh, what was the other one that kind of followed the, maybe, uh, Polar Express, uh, Aliens in the Attic as well, kind of like where kids kind of take, take the role, or take the lead, and their parents would never believe this story in a million years or whatever. Um, Isn't but, that Dakota Fanning? Is that a... Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, the daughter, uh, Mike Myers is the cat naturally um, spencer wrestling you are fired oh man i mean just the costume design in this was because un- like the amount of roles that like the cat did he was like the chef like in the kitchen for a little yeah. bit and, like made all those m- or whatever um the thing one and thing two or whatever whenever oh, they man. got out of the box and like oh whenever they went into the box or like the box was getting like a enveloping oh, yeah, the whole house him. or whatever and Dude. I love yeah. that movie. Uh, Alec another Baldwin. one that gets a yearly rewatch out of me. Um, we because Emily and her, sorry, Emily ahead. and her sister love it. So we watch yeah. it when we're together. No, this, this, we, we went through one disc of it. Like one disc we watched <laughs> so much. It was scratch. We had to get another one. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Same here. Couldn't watch it anymore. Um, but man, yeah, I remember just watching this movie all the time and just, um, I don't, I mean, I don't have any, like, 
particular reason why. Like, usually, like, in my childhood movies, I'd always be like, like, oh, I just wanted to be, like, this guy in the movie so bad. I thought he was the coolest guy. The movie was the wildest fever dream yeah, you could it, possibly yeah, watch just, at a young it was age. just an absolute, just crazy. Yeah, it was a Dr. Seuss story brought to life. Yeah, fever dream. That's a perfect way to describe it, because, man, what the fuck it's happened? It's a bizarre fucking yeah. movie, man. Even yeah. now, like, it's, it, it's aged in a way that it's just, it, it, it doesn't make more sense than it did then. You know, it's no. just, it's just bizarre. And that's kind of all it is. And I, I love the movie for that. Um, yeah. The fucking, the, the, the pink sludge or the purple yeah. sludge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got everywhere in the babysitter that fell asleep that they ended up surfing or like sitting yeah. on going down. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> the fucking uh, machine he pulls out to clean the entire house before yeah, the end of the movie in seconds can just fix everything. Like it's nothing yeah. like, uh, like he knew, you know, he, he knew all along. He's, he just wanted to have a fun day. You know, he, he's always, I don't know, I guess. Oh. He, yeah. We're, Cause he had to like, just go back into like the closet or something like at the end. And then like, I uh, can't remember how the movie ends. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think like he just had to leave or something like that, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how it started. I don't know. It's just a crazy day that they had. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just two kids. A babysitter fell asleep. Could just be their imagine, you know, like it's just, just, uh, I lo- I don't know. I always, lo- I love the movies where the kids were the ones experiencing everything. Um, and this was just a yeah four out of ten on IMDb, but I don't give a fuck. This no, was, it's a fun one, man. Yeah, I love that. I, I just I love this movie so much. But yeah, number number three on my little mini top ten here for childhood. That's a ninety two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My ninety two very very different than the Cat in the Hat. This is where I have another one from our fifty two year journey through film in Gladiator two thousand, uh-huh. directed by Ridley Scott, starring Russell Crowe, Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. and Connie Nielsen. I uh, yeah, this movie you've you've heard all about Gladiator, you know, and uh, it's one that's aged really really well in my head. Every time that I think about it, I think about it better than I did the previous time. You know what I'm saying? Like a uh, fresh off the 52 year journey through film episode, probably wouldn't have thrown it in the top 100, but uh, just contemplating it ever since then. It's a grand movie, man. Like just such an epic story of uh, the rise and fall and revenge and all, all this wonderful stuff that makes for incredibly entertaining movies. Um, yeah. I, I, I've grown to like Russell Crowe. Very, very much love that actor. Love Joaquin Phoenix as an actor as well. Um, costume design in that movie might be some of my favorite costume design of all time. Like, I yeah, mean, I I love the outfits that Commodus and like and just in Maximus wore. Like, it was just insane. Like, I are you not entertained? Yeah, it's. I mean, I I go on like a a little run of war movies a little bit at, at one point. Like, because I kind of hold a lot of war movies. Just if I like a them, kinda, yeah, it's similar. But but Gladiator found its way above um, that cut, like of of like the war movies. It's one of my favorite war movies of all time. Uh, close to close to another um, that that we'll get to. But it's kind of a, a ways away, actually. Um, good, the, good. I like top, hearing that. Yeah, in the top half, actually, um, barely. But yeah, top top half for me. Um, I don't know. I just. War movies usually don't don't really get me, um, and I don't really care for them. But this was one that, like, the story of like just Maximus losing his family, you know, like I don't know, like there's actually just and like the 
the reads like his hand like i don't know just the like the i don't know i just the memory like as the more and more i do think of that movie the more i'm like wow that was yeah it's a good fucking movie man and it's uh, not just war and ah and battle it's like the story behind it's really really good um but yeah i uh that's i don't know we'll get i'll get to it i guess uh, a lot later but i'm glad Glad it made your list because making your list that's that's a lot harder to make your list. Like, yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, I've got a I've got a high criteria here. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't actually don't have any like the the thing you're doing with your bottom ten here. I don't think I have a single one of those on my list where I'm like I just yeah. threw you a bone. Like I like you had to work mm-hmm. to get into this top one hundred for me. And uh, Gladiator is one of those that's just it's so damn good and for it to be at 92 in a top 100 is probably blasphemous to some people but I'd like to remind you top 100 for me is I love all of them one through 100 you know that's uh, mm-hmm. how it works but uh, yeah we got down to our last four here 91 and 90 yeah. uh, so oh, let's yeah. let's hear it what do you what do you got well not my favorite childhood movie I guess um, and that's the thing I do have like I think maybe two or three moral child like childhood movies that I actually hold to like a standard that is higher than this. So like I do still have some, and these aren't like my top two favorite, but but it is quite up there. Um, but this is 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Tim Burton mm. uh, with with Johnny Depp um, as as Willy Wonka, and uh, I mean I just this I think we went through two discs of this like we. <laughs> Like I think we were we're on our third copy I think of of it, um. But man, I I I don't know of a movie that like the three of like my brother and sister we would all watch this together all the time. Like in that, there's not many movies that did that. Like usually it would be like I'd watch a movie with just my sister or just my brother. But this was one that we just all watched all the time. Like it was it was just always on. Um, like the the Oompa Loompas, the songs that are in it, just. Uh, so yeah every yeah every kid gets their own song uh Mm. augustus bloom augustus bloom you know like i don't know like and then violet when she turns into the blueberry that like number they do there to roll her out and stretch her or whatever the annoying like really rich girl that gets you know she's a bad nut so she gets just thrown in the garbage that's fucking hilarious um and like never saw this one what this one missed me this one missed me oh my god what dude yo you gotta see this one especially with the new wonka coming out yeah, i'm like um, i might might revisit uh, the gene wilder yeah. and and this and this one too have you seen uh, the first one the original i've seen the original that's okay. the one that i've yeah, they, seen they both have an obsession with really just wanting to get rid of kids it seems like like just coming up with really creative ways to get rid of kids and just like, like what if we killed yeah, Gene. Ha- I guess was it Gene Hackman in the first one? Gene uh, Wilder. Wilder. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, that didn't sound right. But yeah, Gene a Wilder. Of I think that were massive in Hollywood. Those kids time. didn't really come back, right? Like they actually like. No, I think I'm pretty they, sure they're just dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least at least in this one, they're all out. They they make it out of it. Yeah, that's of one that world. I haven't seen in years, so I might be wrong. But uh, I think they do die. I don't I know. They're they're dead. Yeah. Or or there's like it's just left in the air. It's just like well, you don't know. It's probably dead, but. Uh, Quiet yeah, up and listen down. Mm. Scratch that. Reverse it. That's uh, my favorite little sound bite from Timothy Chalamet's Wonka trailer, yeah. just because I think it's hilarious. But you got, you got Count Dooku. You got the the man, um, Christopher Lee. Yeah, as uh, as Wonka's dad in this one, he plays his ah, dad. The one that's just like bedridden. Um, 
No, he was a dentist. Oh, Wonka's dad. Uh, sorry. Yeah, w- yeah, Wonka's dad. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. The uh, Charlie's um, Charlie's dad's played by Noah Taylor. Um, he's Mister Bucket, Mister and Mrs. Bucket, um, is their last name. But yeah, they have like that the four old people that all share the same bed. Yeah, um, and then one of them gets to go with them to the to the when they get the polyamorous um, love. But yeah, I don't know. It was. Um, I just, I yeah, I don't know. You, this one is man. Well, I don't I'm, know, a, I'm a I'm a relative fan of Tim Burton as well. So like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I see no reason why I wouldn't uh, enjoy this movie to a degree. You know, uh, Tim Burton. I think uh, I liked I like the Batman ones by him, mm-hmm. um, but I, he's one that I've had a tough time connecting with outside of that. Um, this is probably enough. the least Tim Burton movie he has. I'd say no shit. Like the, probably the house that the Bucket family lives in, that's in Tim Burton style for sure. But as far as like the factory, it is like futuristic to hell. Like I mean, it, it's like yeah, it's it's not. Really. I like Big Fish a lot with you and McGregor. I don't know if you have that, um, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a good that's a good Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not not really, not really a lot is in his style at all. In this interesting one. okay uh i don't it's not that i don't like his style i do quite enjoy his hyper stylistic sort of uh sensibilities mm-hmm. it's just that most of the time like i feel like he focuses on that as opposed to anything else kind yeah. of yeah you know at least in the last 20 ish years um that's kind of been mm-hmm. my impression of him um but uh no yeah all right cool so that's at 91 then Mm-hmm. that's right all right, my 90 and 91 are both 2023 movies, so we might have a little oh. bit of recency bias on me here. Okay. But uh, 91 is where we get my one and only John Wick film. John Wick Chapter 4 coming in at 91 here. Um, genuinely one of the most interesting and compelling uh, action films of all time, uh, directed by Chad Stahelski here, obviously starring Keanu Reeves. But you also got Donnie Yen and Bill Skarsgård and Ian McShane and Lawrence Fishburne and uh, what is probably R.I.P. Lance Reddick's last live action role. Um, mm. Love love that actor. Uh, Clancy Brown, Hiroyuki Sonata, like a crazy cast here in John Wick 4. And putting a stuntman behind the camera, Chad Stahelski, was... Uh, Keanu stuntman for the Matrix movies uh, was the stuntman in V for Vendetta, also for V. Um, but uh, so he's got a real good sensibility as to what needs to happen with action scenes. Uh, this dude's uh, this dude's an incredible action director, and it has one of the most. You remember in was it Taxi Driver, where after Robert De Niro goes on like a killing spree, the camera rises above. the house and kind of goes aerially there's a whole action sequence for about five minutes it's like a oneer in that style with john wick tearing through a house um yeah that's the thing i've only seen one movie and i already know how freaking badass john wick can be but i've heard he like john wick 4 is my favorite john wick movie and 91 might be i i I, with with the 2023 movies i tried to tamper it a little bit i tried to make them lower so that so as to not Mm. include a ton of recency bias um but yeah man it's it's wonderful i love keanu reeves this will obviously not be the last time he appears on this list Mm. um oh yeah i got him uh, much much higher 
Much oh, higher. Fine. Much higher as well. Uh, yeah, John Wick's the shit and, uh, the whole franchise. This is kind of the stand in, you know, a lot of franchises. I kind of tried to limit myself to maybe one movie per, unless all the movies are just that damn good. And I think John yeah. Wick and I think all of John Wick through one through three, uh, they might be worthy of being here, but I just had, I just went ahead and limited it to John Wick four and mm. threw it on the list here. Okay. Yeah, I gotta, I still gotta get around to those. That's for sure. I mean, I love the first one. And, uh, I don't know, I just, I love Keanu. So I, I, I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't absolutely love two, three, and four. Um, mm-hmm. or that's not what they're named, I guess. Um, uh, two is John Wick, John Wick, one, uh, John Wick, John Wick chapter two, John Wick chapter three, Parabellum, and then John Wick chapter yeah, four. I decided to give a name to the third one. That's right. For some uh, reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, but yeah, okay. I gotta, I'll still, I gotta get to those because man, we were about to, to do that was what right would have happened yeah, during this. We would have been talking yeah. John Wick one, uh, yeah. if we weren't doing the favorite, top 100 now. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, we're putting that off until the, I, I would say like the next Keanu movie, maybe that's when we do the, our, our first actor spotlight. That'd be nice. He deserves tear through some too. Keanu. Yeah. He deserves the first actor spotlight if we do one. I mean, obviously, come on. Um, who else? Who else will we start it out with? It's got to be Keanu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got. I, I'll we'll revisit Keanu, but in I think the last episode for me, uh, if not before, maybe. Um, I maybe, think it, maybe maybe second to last, probably last. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll, for we'll, me as well. Yeah. We'll get to to Keanu, but um, to end it off here, to end off this one, um, in this top. 11 or top you know i've been saying top 10 this whole time yeah 90 through 100 um but my top for now childhood movie that i think stands up to today even like just so well um i don't know i just i love this fucking movie so much it's the incredibles in 2000 yeah uh, by brad bird uh i mean like god damn like i don't know i it's like this is just I don't know what it is about it, but it's like a Pixar movie that doesn't really it doesn't really fit the rest of the Pixar lineup honestly. Like It's me, one like of it, the greatest superhero movies of all time. Yeah. Yeah, like if uh, it's a family, like a literal family. You know like there's mm-hmm. there's found families and like, you know, with X-Men and like Fantastic Guardian. Four, I guess some of them are actual family in Fantastic Four, but like I don't know, like this is just an actual family. Um, and like they have some actual family struggles, you know, like superheroes were banned, you know, or whatever, cause that, that can just happen. Superheroes can just be banned. Um, I don't know. I think that was, I don't know, they, or maybe they just would get in trouble, you know? No, they were, they were like, if you, if you are a superhero working, then you are going to get locked away. Like we're going to send yeah. you to prison. Um, yeah. um, all for trying to, for saving a dude. That was trying to commit suicide right off like yeah. crazy thing to put in a kid's movie. Um, right. Anyway, but like Syndrome. Oh, my God. Like I don't, that villain, like his I villain. I loved are, that villain, yeah, man. Syndrome is so cool. Um, Who plays him? I wonder. I've never really. Oh, syndrome. Jason. Um, uh, Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Yeah. Buddy. Oh, buddy. Fly home, buddy. I work alone. Yeah, and that yeah. that was his villain arc right there. That was Incredible. 
Come on, I just want to. Marcel Gladiby. I always, I always remember bon the voyage. Bon yeah. voyage. Yeah, the way he greets Mister Marcel Gladiby. Uh, the the overwhelmingly French yes. accent is oh always so God. funny to me. Um, so good. Yeah, and I, I the original the Pixar movie. mom ass on on Elastigirl, just insane. Um, yeah, why yeah. why y'all got to do all that, man? Well, I mean, she can she can make her body whatever shape she wants. She's obviously going to give herself a nice a nice a ass, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it got even bigger in the second she's one. Carrying somehow. the she's got the fucking wagon on her. Uh, yeah. goddamn carriage yeah, that's, that, that's a childhood crush i think for everyone unanimously across the board of all of the human species i think all all people had yeah. a crush on elastigirl mm-hmm. uh yeah but, i love and the whole family man dash is one of the most ooh. is one of the best uses of super speed in all of superhero media Every he starts um, running on the water and he doesn't yeah. know if it's gonna work but then he just and he looks down it's working and then he's that is even proof like, that Super speed works better if it's not like everything turns into slow motion. Like if you're going like 200 miles an hour, yeah, that's still super speed. You know, like you don't need to be going much faster than that, uh, but yeah. it's still not like, like people can try and shoot you because they can see where you're running. You know, like that's a, like with the, the thing that chases him through the woods yeah. when he does go out on the water. Mm-hmm. The Beyblade. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that shit was hard. Uh, just really the the plane crash, Frozone, Frozone. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, come on, yeah. I loved Frozone when I was little, man. Samuel L. Jackson was the shit in that role. Um, but Brad Bird actually, he also directed Ratatouille. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. and he also directed Mission Impossible Four: Ghost Protocol. Um, that's a jump. Yeah, yeah that's a bit different. Man. Bit different there. Good track record on him though. I like Brad Bird. Um, but no, I Jack Jack. Oh, Helen, the costume designer, literal a costume designer in the movie itself. Not Edna. Yet. Oh, oh yeah. What I say? Helen. I believe that's Elastigirl. Oh yeah. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, that is Elastigirl. Yeah, because Violet is the daughter. Yeah. Helen's the mom. Edna's the yeah, costume Edna. designer. Yeah. Edna, Edna mode. Mode and guest. Yeah, yeah. Duh. It's Edna. Um, but the greatest Nuggets. hero costume, yeah. Uh, this that montage of everyone dying because of their cape. Um, and then like well, whatever, the, like testing every single yeah, suit. We're like, dude, and, like blast them with fire bullets, and then like um showing like the beacon, you know, that's in every single one of them. Uh, mm. that, you know, the mom only knows about. You know, Helen's the only one that knows about that. Or Syndrome's lair. Yeah, like the lava, the lava like parts. Yeah. And then the, the fucking like the claustrophobia I experienced for the first time because of the black, black holes. I thought that yeah. would happen to me. I, it's <laughs> you know I'm like I don't want this to ever happen. It's a new fear that just unlocked. You know it's yeah. obviously never going to happen. The, but like, the, like I had, yeah, that's like, like the, the hearing them inflate and like watching them expand on his body. Knowing that you know if you just try to get it off, it just sticks to your hand. Like you can't. Like it. There's nothing you can do. Um, but yeah, that, that like I will say, movie. Syndrome's uh, uh, secretary. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's another crush right there. That was a big him. one. That was a big one. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was her name? Mirage. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that that sounds right. Um, but man, yeah, I, I don't know. That. 
Syndrome's villain, like his, he would become a hero by unleashing this, you know, big monster, and then like he just can control it. So he's gonna look like he's the only one who can defeat it. Um, like I don't know, pretty like instead of just being bad to be bad, he wanted to be like he was a villain, but he wanted to be seen as a hero because that's mm-hmm. all he's ever wanted. Um, and to be better than Mister Incredible. Now you know he's like I'm, I'm better. Like I, I don't know. But he, he similar, just to... similar arc to uh, the villain in Watchmen. I, I'm excited for us to read and watch that uh, for our comic book movie journey because mm-hmm. the villain in that it's a it's a fun twist. So I won't spoil it, but wants to be mm-hmm. seen as a hero. Concocts a villain and mm-hmm. tries yeah. to take it down. Pete Since Doctor was... uh, provides additional voices in this movie. Director of Soul and Monsters Inc. Oh my God! Okay, wow. Yeah. Keep keep coming back to that. Yeah, that's Soul's definitely gonna have to find its way into my list. The more I'm right, the more I'm thinking about it. Because oh, the be... the Incredibles is the first one that you've said so far where I'm like, I might, I might have to make some adjustments. I love the Incredibles. It's a uh, an incredible movie, dude. Yeah, when you said it, it like kind of one of the best comic like superhero just move like. Like the Just very premise up. of it is brilliant. Like a a superhero who's suffering a midlife crisis because he misses the golden days where he was a superhero, and so he tries to get back into it, but he's being manipulated. Like a, just a brilliant so premise. When, when when he's going through the montage of like working out and like life's good, like out they're making money finally, and like things are finally going their way. It's like but da da. Like that song, I actually was like, I don't know, I just, it's just a really good, feel good song. Like if you ever need to just feel like you're doing you know, when good. He's like, he's like, he's got his mojo back. He's in yeah. his mojo dojo casa house and he's like grabbing, Ooh. he's grabbing Miss Parr by the, the Mrs. Incredible by her, like by her yeah. waist and like pulling her in for a kiss and shit. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this yeah. man's living large. His it's little, like, out. golden days room with, like, the secret message oh, that self-destruct. His, his old suit that's just in the yeah. frame. And it's like, and then, but then that's how she knows that he's been getting out again is he, he, she finds, like, or Helen finds, like, a hair on it or whatever or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a lot, of, that movie, like, a lot happens in that movie. That's actually nuts. Like, they figure out that he's working or, for someone they have to go to syndrome's island to get there they have this jet that gets shot down and then freaking the mom turns into a boat and dashes the motor and yeah then, yeah like the first man. time she has to expand a full force field around them yeah yeah man i don't know just it was just really cool and like the final when they all like team up together um like to fight syndrome uh and frozone's even back helping them out um i don't know it's that's just you're right in saying it. it might be one of the best superhero movies just ever. Um, even, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like it is great. Like it doesn't really fit like the rest of the Pixar movies for me. And that's, I don't know. That's why I had it at the top, top of this, of this kind of mini top 11, um, here, um, for this episode. I love it. But yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well then I'm going to top off mine at 90, another 2023 movie here. I've got Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny as directed by James Mangold. Um, every Indiana Jones movie made my top 100. All okay. five of them wow. are in here. Um, this is just the bottom one for me. Uh, it's, it's caught a bad rap and I completely understand why, you know, um, this character has had a couple suitable endings 
The Last Crusade could have been the last Indiana Jones movie. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull very well could have been the last Indiana Jones movie. This one, there's no fucking way they can possibly do a sixth. You know, like it's like, and they won't. They, oh. they, they certainly won't. Uh, Harrison Ford is, I think, officially hung it up as Indy, and I don't hmm. think they'll bring that character back in any other capacity. Uh, nor should they. I think that sh- that character should live and die with Harrison Ford. I think that should be it. Mm. Uh, but I thought it was a, it, for me, it was a wonderful send off to a character I've loved for years. You know, I, uh, I was, it was my first Indiana Jones movie in theaters and it was so special for that reason. Uh, I saw it at, uh, in an IMAX theater alone. There was nobody else in my theater. It was 11 PM at night. Uh, Dang. and I got to just, sob at the end of the movie it was so great just because like uh it's sending off one of my favorite heroes and one of my favorite actors ever like it's just like felt like a moment you know like you know we watched raiders for the 52 year journey you know and uh Mm -hmm. uh, the way that he's contemplating marion ravenwood and they brought sala back and stuff like it's uh it was very fun it was uh it was just a wonderful movie and uh it's not nearly as dynamic as the other movies and it's action. You know, I think that uh, people's complaints about it in that regard are fair. Um, but Phoebe Waller bridge brought a new character to life. So fucking fun. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen was the villain once played Galen Urso and, uh, uh, fucking, uh, Kaiselius, Dr. Strange, the guy whose eyes get all. Yeah. Yeah. Mads Mikkelsen is that as well, but he's the, he's a Nazi in this one. Um, oh, Nazi scientist yeah. in this one, which always makes for an easy, hateable villain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mads Mikkelsen plays it really well. And uh, I love me some Harrison Ford and love me some Indiana Jones. So the, I thought it was a, fu- it was a good send off for the character. They finally play with, you know, the way those movies escalate in terms of like outrageousness. You know, it already starts pretty crazy with Raiders, with, uh, mm. you know, the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant and the power of God. Uh, but then they're yeah. doing like rituals in Temple of Doom. Uh, then you've got the uh, the Holy Grail and the Last Crusade, which grants eternal life. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the fourth one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you're dealing with interdimensional aliens. And then in the fifth one, how do you elevate above that uh, time travel? So. Yeah, the yeah. Hour of destiny. It's a it's a fun one, nice. uh, and I think people being hypercritical of it are are losing sight of the the fun in the Indiana Jones franchise. They're adventure you know. movies. I'm not yeah, first was one. Adventurous? Very adventurous. Uh, it was the first one that didn't have Steven Spielberg behind the camera, and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You certainly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't make it a whole lot worse than the others by any means. Um. Yeah, I feel like you can just tell Harrison he likes the character of Indiana Jones. He loves Indiana Jones, and it bled through so hard, and it was so interesting. Like, I love the trope of watching our heroes age and kind of feel like they're past their prime and then try to find their way back to that heroicness. You know, like The Last Jedi does it really well with Luke Skywalker, and I think Dial of Destiny does it great with Indiana Jones. You know, he's he's an old man. You know, he's... You don't fake, you don't fake being 80. You know, Harrison Ford is 80 years old um, Mm. and he has to, he's, he's playing it. Um, Wow. But uh, 
it was it, I enjoy the movie a great deal, so it had to make my top 100. As it was just a point of fact, I appreciate all the Indiana Jones movies at kind of a different level, so like they're kind of spread throughout mm-hmm. my list. Um, and this is just going to be the first one here in the first episode. So, uh, nice. yeah, we'll return to the Indiana Jones movies to be sure. Mm. Yeah, I got, I got that concludes it. Only seen the first one, and I got it in here. Um, but it'll be a little bit later. I love. I fucking so adore the indie yeah, movies, man. They're uh, they're some of my favorites ever. So, uh, they they all had to be here. It was a it was a point of fact. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, with that, you want to go back over ninety through one hundred real quick? Yeah, top to bottom or bottom to top? Uh, go top to bottom, ninety to one hundred. All right, ninety. I got The Incredibles. 91, let me screen IMDb, it might be a little easier on, or my letterbox. There we go. 91, I had Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 92, The Cat in the Hat. 93, Monsters, Inc. 94, Cars. 95, Sky High. 96, The Polar Express. 97, Over the Hedge. 98, Aliens in the Attic. 99, Jingle All the Way. And 100, Zathura, A Space Adventure. Lovely. I got 90, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, 91, John Wick, Chapter 4, 92, Gladiator, 93, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, 94, Aliens, 95, Burn After Reading, 96, Moonstruck, 97, Soul, 98, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, 99, Bottle Rocket, and 100, Bringing Up Baby. And with that, you should head on over to part two baby we got the 80s out also today um so you're gonna go ahead and check that out after this uh i, I, I promise you're gonna have to just because why not you know it's there might mm-hmm. as well listen to it um as always we are continuing our comic book movie journey through film this friday uh this week is fantastic four which got a brief mention earlier this episode in conversation with the incredibles mm-hmm. um we got uh, the Game of Thrones rewatch going on right now. Earlier this week was season four's finale, and next week will be season five's premiere. Extremely excited for that. Go ahead and shiggity check that out. Um, if you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod, where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content. Um, for $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money, and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram and threads at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to download, please. At, uh, that means a lot to us. Uh, you know, we're talking about movies, and I'm going to say this every episode of our 10 parts uh, here until the strike is resolved. The actors and writers get what they want. Uh, support SAG AFTRA and support WGA any way you can. And mostly what you can do is just post on social media that you're, you stand with them. So uh, keep spreading the awareness. Um, follow SAG AFTRA and WGA guidelines. And, uh, if, 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 if it eventually comes to the point where they, they're like, Hey, if you run a podcast and you, you're covering movies, stop. Then we're going to stop, you know, but they haven't said that yet. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Um, but yeah, so so just you know, they deserve to be paid for the work that they do and the 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 joy that they give us. We got at most two hundred movies we're going to talk about here um, that yeah. we adore, and I don't think we'll quite get there. We'll d- certainly have repeats, but uh, mm. uh, yeah, like the, the, the potential for two hundred movies. You know, like that's a uh, it's 
a lot of films and every single person who worked on them bottom to top of the bill deserves to be paid for their work. So uh, just stand with them uh, and fuck studios. Um, With that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. Um, Something I want everybody to think about when you're listening to this. Uh, Think about it as the world's or our favorite and most recommended movies. Just big recommendation list. Watch as many movies as you can. It's so much fun to watch movies. And, uh, you know, I can't recommend any of these highly enough. Everything. You should watch all these movies. That's uh, that's. I have no doubt about that. But uh, remember, peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves.